my crafty friends and welcome to ACB Crafters, where we learn and teach each other in order to make crafting accessible to the blind and visually impaired. We hope you enjoy this episode. Let's uh, open it to Jeannie and Jane. And uh, the first half will be the beginning uh, knitting. I almost said loom knitting. We're just knitting today. So <laughs> Needle. I will... Yep, needle knitting. There we go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I know that Kayla is a new needle knitter. Say that fast three times. Excuse um, me, we have a hand raised. We have our hand raised? Okay. Raise? Yes. Berlin, you have your hand raised? Hey, I'm sorry to cut you guys off. I want to know if the potato chip pattern is for beginners. Uh, I can't remember. Jane, is the potato well, chip pattern for beginners? I, it's a little bit weird. Um, what you do, you you uh, knit, you cast on 20 stitches, and then you knit, turn around and you knit eight, and then you turn back around and knit those eight, and then you knit six and turn around and knit the six, and you knit four, and then you turn around and knit those four, and then you knit 20 again. So it's, it's all straight knit, but okay. you may not be used to turning around in the middle of a row and going back. Um, so, but it's a really cool pattern. It, it makes it like a, like a spirally kind of thing, like, <laughs> like, like a uh, can of Pringles, you know, like <laughs> one on top of the other, and it's really cool. I'm making one right now. How wide would you say it winds up being? Um, it's about as wide around as a baseball. You know, it's round. It, it oh, okay. swirls around. Mm -hmm. Swirling. Um, it, it just, if you take like a, like a, a scarf and twist it, you know, in, right. in like, you know, and it, it just spirals that way okay. so it's about it's about as wide around as a big peach or a, a small that sounds nice it's really yes. pretty thank you so, can, yeah can we um have that um sent to acb crafters with i think the, it was already i think it has been already. Yeah. yeah i'm not sure if i saw that hmm. well all, i can send it again I'll, yeah I'll please do again. i'm in the I'd middle like of to see the pattern terabyte entertainment drive so when it's done I'm, I'm not going to go in there and touch my computer until then but i will send it tomorrow okay great thank you okay yeah okay. so okay. that brings us to a question i know we have some beginning knitters and the question is and you can kind of just raise your hand and and lucy will recognize you and you can let us know where you are are you feeling really, really comfortable now with your knitting and ready to go on to learning to purl? Or do you want to practice doing the garter stitch, which is knitting a little more and maybe um, trying a pattern? I don't know whether you want to try the potato chip scarf or not. I've never even knitted things where I have to turn around in the middle of a row, but I'm ready to try. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yes, you if, have if, you your gloves. That, that's sort of... You turn around. Don't well, you? oh yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, take the it back. gloves do. See, she caught yeah, me. Sort of. Um, but anyway, if if you're a beginning knitter, if you'll raise your hand, then um, 
uh, Lucy will call on you and you can unmute and tell us how you feel right now, whether you want to just keep knitting for a little while or whether you're ready to move on to the purl stitch. And this is no pressure. We want you to feel really comfortable with the knitting before we teach you to purl. Any hands raised, Lucy Lou? Nope. And it's also good to raise your hand practice to, to get your tension right so that your tension is even so that your stitches come out even, you know, some of them may be really tight and some can be really loose. Um, so, but the, the more you practice, oh, here we go. The, the better it'll, you know, your tension will be and the more even your fabric will be. Right. Okay. Carrie. Hi, this is Carrie. Um, I'm, I would say I'm a big, pretty much a beginner. Um, I have knitted scarves before, but um, sometimes I have trouble following patterns, but um, I'd like to continue with learning the regular stitch and, you know, turning it back and forth like that potato chip scarf. Okay. So you want to yeah. stay with the knitting for a while. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Anybody else? Kayla? Kayla? Mm -hmm. I'm, cool. I'm good with continuing and doing the um, potato uh, chip scarf as well. Okay. Oh. Anybody else? Nope. Nope. What, what I tend to do, if I have a pattern to follow, um, I write down, like, row one is this, and row two is this, and row three is this and I braille it out. And then after I finish a row, I tear a slit beside that row in on the paper. Uh, and that just keeps me, um, you know, on what row I'm on and what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, or else if you have a note taker, you can follow along that way or, or, um, or an abacus works really well for keeping track of how many of something you've done. Um, mm -hmm. So those as long as you don't forget and erase it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I've that's that. be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can I just say, like on an abacus, if I'm knitting a blanket or something with a hundred and some stitches, I will like for every ten stitches, I will you know put ten stitches on my abacus, just okay. to keep me on track because I don't want to count those stitches. And what I do if I'm knitting something with a hundred and ten stitches is I'll put just a stitch marker every 10 or 20 stitches and keep track that way. Those and, were a godsend, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, I love <laughs> stitch markers. I, I couldn't knit without stitch markers. Okay, we got a hand raised. Okay. Um, Verlin? Verlin? Can you describe what a stitch marker looks like or is? Yes, um, they come in different shapes. Most of them are either round or they look like a print U or they're kind of like a safety, they're not a safety pin in that they don't have a sharp edge, but they, there are some that close like a safety pin. And the round ones, the top end fits over the bottom end. And um, then there are some round ones that are closed. So those- Like a ring. Yeah, like a ring. So those you can just put over the needle and you never have to worry about them accidentally coming unhooked and falling off but basically they're um, like I use them if I have a pattern where I have to do 
this for this many stitches and then that for that many stitches or within a row I have like three repeats I'll put stitch markers in between them so that I know oh yeah it's time to do the next pattern repeat or whatever it is but that's what they are they're very small they're very inexpensive I probably own at least 500 um, because you, yep. Well, what I do is I get the little cases from Amazon and they have like 104 in them or whatever. And I get the different kinds um, because like I say, I use them all the time and I love them. Is there a brand that you are fond of? Um, if there is, I don't know what it is. Okay. I know that may sound weird, but I do not know what it is. I don't is. know what mine are either. They're just... I have no idea. I have, I'm like Jeannie. I have a ton of different kinds. Yeah. Okay. We have another hand. Are you finished there? Okay. Yeah. Jeanette? Jeanette? So a couple of things about stitch markers. Um, they come in two to three different sizes. The smaller ones are four needles, say zero to about eight. The medium size ones are four needles, zero to about um, 13, three. sometimes 15, and the large ones are for 15, 17, and 19. Some look like safety pins. They are made out of plastic. Some are um, flexible rubber. Some are hard plastic. The flexible rubber and the hard plastic ones that I've seen are round. The one brand I would not get because they're not very reliable, and I messed up a project last week as a result of it, are from Hobby Lobby. Ah. Theirs are, they come open, they, they are locking, they come open, and then they have this other kind that they're around in a circle, but both ends are open, and they do not stay on the needles. And they're made of a very brittle plastic and they actually break. Hmm. Um, so I've gotten them from Amazon. I've gotten them from Nitpicks. I've gotten them from Michaels. I've gotten them from Denise Knitting. And I, I want to say one other thing. I'm not sure that I would recommend the potato chip scarf for a beginner knitter. And here's why. For those of us who've been knitting for a while, it's a very nice pattern and it looks great. But if you're not used to doing turning rows and you end up having to take your knitting out, Good. it will be a lot harder to figure out where you are. Um, mm -hmm. If Jeannie and Jane can find some other patterns for you that are equally as nice and not as difficult, and I have some as well, that is just not a pattern I would recommend for a beginner. Thank you. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, I've never even, except for <laughs> he was pointing out the gloves, I've never even done one mm -hmm. where I have to turn around in the middle of a row. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But there are things you can do, like if you want to do something else besides a scarf. Um, if you want to try using a lighter yarn, like a um, cotton worsted, like we often use for dishcloths and dish, dish towels, you might start out by maybe trying to make some little coasters that are like four inches by four inches square. Um, 
or you can, if you want to make something a lot bigger, you can do placemats. There's so many things that you can do flat in garter stitch, and, um, you know, that aren't going to be as complicated as the potato chip stitch, uh, potato chip thingy. You can make yourself an iPhone case. You could make a, a thing of like four by eight inches and fold it over and sew the sides up and make yourself an iPhone case. Yeah, so there are lots of things you can do. Okay, anybody else have anything? No. Okay, but I'm gathering from the beginners that you want to stick with the garter stitch right now and hold off on learning to purl, correct? I think Seems that's like. consensus. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's good. All right. And also, I don't know whether we've talked about, um, uh, what do you call those things that you put on the ends of your needles? Oh, um, point protectors. Point protectors. I was yes. protectors, I was thinking. That's not right. Um, a lot of times, when you put your work down to, like, answer the phone or something, <laughs> yeah. sometimes your stitches, if your also, stitches are close to the point, where they would be if you were knitting. Sometimes they come off. So you may want to get from Amazon sells them um, these uh, point protectors, the little rubber caps that you put on your the ends of your needles. Um, and and they they work really well to protect your your work from coming off your needles if you put it down. So um, you can get a lot of those things from Amazon. Maybe a little you should really have in your knitting bag. Um, I have a, a little zippered case and I've got stitch markers. I've got a tape measure. I have an abacus. I have little scissors. I have a crochet hook for taking out mistakes. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, all that's, and then somebody, uh, uh, Maggie Rigetti, who wrote Knitting in Plain English, she even recommended putting a nail file or a pair of nail clippers because it's a terrible thing when you're in the middle of your knitting and one of your fingernails has a, a snag in it and you'll snag your yarn. So sometimes it might be a good idea to, to cut your fingernail if it's, if it's rough. You know, I bite mine off. But I was going to um, say, I'll never have to worry about that. Yeah. But it's not just me. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's good to have a little zippered case or something that has all of the tools that, and I've got uh, a couple of tapestry needles in a, in a little case. Um, so it's good to have a case like that with all of your supplies that you can use with your knitting. Um, so yeah. mm -hmm. that's cool. another tip that you can uh, use your nail clippers with if you, you know, if you're flying or something and your scissors happen to get confiscated, you can always use your nail clippers to clip your yarn. That's true. So. But also they make another product and they're called snips and they're like little itty bitty scissors and they will not get confisc confiscated when you fly. I, I have flown with them and they're, oh, the blades aren't even maybe a half inch long. Oh. But, um, they're, they're really great and they just kind of look like a little X thingy and they have a little plastic thing that you put them in so the points are protected when you're not using them but they're called snips and I got those from my local local yarn shop boy none of us can talk to <laughs> yokel, <laughs> yokel yeah yokel yarn yarn shop yeah, so. yeah. Jeanette and has I'm, her hand raised 
Oh, uh, sorry. No, that's fine. Fortunate, you can go ahead and unmute, Jeanette. Um, in the Facebook group and also on the knitters listserv, I am going to post um, about three links to some stitch markers, and then I will try to find oh, some lovely. links to um, some um, point protectors and get those posted as well. Good. Yeah. Okay. Don't I'm say you want to put Don't a, say a symbol snips. in there. Yeah. Do what? Don't a say symbols will never be uh, confiscated because mine were. Um, oh my God. However. Yes. However, oh, wow. it depends on who your TSA agent is. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I've learned, and as long as it's a point, I think it's less than three inches, it might be less than four from the shaft of your scissors That's where they I come call. together to the end of the point. Uh, children's scissors are very nice mm -hmm. for flying. The ones that have the square ends the ones that mm -hmm. have the square ends mm -hmm. are very good for flying. Mm. I've never had a problem with those getting confiscated. Has anybody confiscated knitting needles? I didn't think I, so. I know of people who've had them confiscated. Uh, sometimes, especially the metal ones, although oh. it's more likely to happen if you're flying overseas. But oh. when security is really high, they are potentially confiscatable. Ooh. I would kill somebody if they did that. I think I would too, but <laughs> that's another whole Especially if they were in a project. say that they're all acceptable, but I don't know. Because I checked that before I flew in January. I also have what's called, a, I guess it would be called a yarn cutter. And it's round and it's on like a keychain. It's a round huh. piece of metal. And it's about maybe a half inch thick and it's got slits along the outside all the way around I for different size yarns. Lucy, and I you, love it's that got, thing. I do too. I, that I use it all the time. But I've <laughs> seen them get confiscated as well. As a matter okay. of fact, there's a quilting shop that I frequent because I love some of their supplies for cutting and things. And they don't sell them anymore because too many of their clients had huh. them confiscated. Wow. Oh my God. There's not What's even anything the for that. Really? That's weird. Oh my gosh. They consider that even though the blades don't show that they are yeah. sharp enough that if they'd got in the wrong hands, they would get compensated. Uh, <clears throat> they would be used inappropriately. Huh. Oh my goodness. That is strange. Okay. Hmm. Another thing you may want to put in your, your accessory bag, uh, it never worked for me, but a thimble. Because sometimes if you want to push your, your needle through or um, back through a, um, back it out of a, of a loop, uh, I tend to put my finger on it and push it. And, and I've developed a callus or a hole in, in my <laughs> forefinger from that. Maybe I'm the only person that ever does that. But, um, but a thimble might be a good thing to think about. It didn't work for me, but you know, I have one in there. Yeah, I can't, I can't feel what I'm doing when I wear a thimble. No, I, I can't either. Yeah. So. Nope, gotta have those fingers available. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> no matter how bad they hurt, no. <laughs> That's right. That's right, but you gotta keep knitting too, even if your fingers hurt. 
So Jeanette has her hand raised. Jeanette? We all forgot about um, stitch holders, which people aren't ready to use those yet. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's they're why great for when you drop five or six stitches. Okay, maybe we can talk about those at the next hour because I'm not sure what they are. I've never we used them. Do but, that. Yeah. Okay. Anyone have anything else? Area, co area code nine one, or excuse me, nine five four. Who? Which, who is that? Has her hand raised? Where's nine five four? Air Florida is nine five four. I don't know. Echo, where's area code nine five four? Area code nine five four is used in Florida. Yep, Florida. Yep. Fort Lauderdale. Okay, Echo, stop. <laughs> she doesn't know very well. She's so helpful. Last three, last three digits of the phone number are 119. Okay, my area code's 915. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I thought you were not... talking about me, but <laughs> it's 915, but the 119 is, is yeah. Um, this is Mary Alice. Um, I, when you mentioned the, oh, wow. the stitch holders, when, when I was starting to knit, I used the stitch holders and the two different size little rings that don't come apart uh -huh. that fit over the needle. And the small ones would be for my rows when I first did them. And then you know how you repeat the rows? Mm -hmm. So let's say the pattern was six rows. That's where I would put my little stitch, my little rings would go on the stitch holder until I got to six. Right. And then when I started to repeat the row, I used the bigger ring to say, okay, I have one repetition. So okay. then I would take the little rings off and start those again, because I, I don't have an advocate. <laughs> and so I still use those rings today to count my rows. And then I clip it onto the bottom part of my my work that I'm doing oh, that's to good. keep track of what row I'm on. Um, mm. The big rings are the repetitive rows, how many times I've done, redone the row, and the smaller rings are what row I'm on of the pattern. So for newbies, that, that's an easy way to get used to counting. And sometimes um, if, it's, um, if a pattern is six rows and I'm using, because I use bamboo needles because I used to fly a lot and you couldn't use the metal ones. You couldn't take them with you. So I switched to a lot of bamboo circulars and I'll put my little ones on my, um, my right needle when I get done with the row. And that'll be like row one is finished and I'll put it on the right needle. And then when I start knitting the next row, I'll, they'll add up. So that's another way I count my rows and stitches. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also use stitch markers for counting rows because I find mm -hmm. it very helpful. Mm -hmm. Sorry, what was your name so I, I can rename you? Mary oh, Alice. Thank you. Thank and you. I also have a cute little pair of metal scissors that fold into eyeglasses. And oh. I've yet to have them confiscated. <laughs> and I, I got them on the internet, but I can't remember where I got them from. Interesting. Also, and in right. oh, go ahead. 
No, that was me. I'm sorry. I was talking okay. to myself. Sorry. Okay. Um, also, if any of you want to make a knitted dishcloth, generally dishcloths are about nine by nine or 10 by 10. Um, so if, for example, you were to cast on 40 stitches and do, oh, about 64 or 65 rows on size seven needles with the worsted cotton yarn, you would have a dishcloth. If your needles are bigger, you'd want to slightly decrease your stitches in your rows, but um, a lot of dishcloth patterns that I've seen are on the size seven needles with the cotton worsted weight yarn. So for those of you who might want to knit a dishcloth. And that's okay. a nice small thing but, to do and it, you can, you'll have a, a project that you finish, you know, yeah. and you'll feel accomplished. That's good. You can keep it Viola? as a stocking stuffer or who knows what. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is my Hi. first time here. Um, I've been knitting since the fourth grade and ah. um but i haven't made anything from it it's always been something that i picked up when well when my a favorite cat of mine died in 2013 oh. i knitted i must have knitted straight for a month just mm. something to do with hands. um yeah. and then this summer i was diagnosed with breast cancer now i'm not telling you all this oh. because i want to get sympathy or anything but you know it's been something that i'd like i pick up when i get upset or when I'm, um, you know, so I'm ready to do, start doing patterns. I've never really done it. I know how to purl. I oh, know okay. how to knit, but you know, I've been doing it for a long time, but I, I, now I need to, you know, and I'm totally blind too. So I, I don't, you know, I have a sighted friend that's really good at it. And, you know, she uses around needles and she's shown me what the, what the stitch, the markers look like. And, and we've she's gotten me some rubber caps and different things like that so um i've got a lot of the tools so i i've been writing these things down that you've been mm -hmm. mentioning and what is you know, your so, name i'm viola viola benson oh, i'm from okay. washington state okay um, why not start with a dishcloth um you know get some some cotton worsted weight yarn and start with a dishcloth that's a a quick little project and you'll, you'll have something that you finished and, and, uh, well, I kind of want to do that, but I would like to do something where you get to sew part. So I want to learn how to do mm. that. You know, like when you were mentioning, I wouldn't put a phone in this, but I have other things that I could create little covers for, you yeah. know, like, like the little, um, orbit writer keyboard and things like that. Oh, that would be great. See, yeah, exactly. you could make a case yeah. for, whatever you want and then so but i don't know even... how to do that part you know i'm i'm not well, sure we're gonna help you out viola how about that um, that'd be that's great. great and i will join yeah. the list thank you for the awesome. good in the uh you know well, if the... you if you measure what you want to to cover and you make it twice as long as that and that wide you could just sew up the sides just fold it in half what do when you sew with, with and what kind of needles? You, can, kind of you can use yarn. You can use a tapestry yarn. And when you look at the edge of your fabric, you'll see little loops. 
And if you stick your, if you get some, some yarn threaded onto your tapestry needle and you stick it through both sides of, of your fabric when it's, you know, folded one, one, one over top of the other, just right. go up through both of them and then over a little bit one. and then up through the, the, again, you know, just like overcasting stitch. It's called whip stitch. And, and you just go all, you know, all, all along the side, uh, right okay. near the edge. And you can do that. And then you could even um, cast on about four or five stitches and make a strap and just good. sew it onto the sides. Okay. Well, wow. That's a good idea. I hadn't thought of yeah. that. So I yeah. need a tapestry needle, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and they the come like three different three different sizes you know, okay. in in a in a pack yes. in a pack from Amazon. The other thing yeah. is I have three cats now. <laughs> um, last couple weekends ago, they had that let's go shopping thing, and she had pillows that in her deals, but they weren't knitted. They were, you know, this lace this thread thing, which. I wouldn't do because I think my cats would enjoy picking it apart. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think they would get a kick out of I how fast they could take you. it apart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I have a project for you. So I'd it, like to make a pillow so that, you know, also. Well, way. let me you suggest something else too. And it's something that I have done. I've made at least three of them now because we have cats. We have dogs. We have cats. We're an equal opportunity pet family, although we don't have any amphibians or birds or anything like that. But um, I make what I call cat nap lap mats. And what it is, is it's a thick knitted mat that I can put on my lap. It covers my lap and a little above that and a little below my knees and goes all the way down the side so that when my cat gets on my, you know how they'll get on your lap and they'll wanna make donuts or biscuits with their little claws. And if they have claws, you're kind of going, ow, 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 ow. But if you have this mat, they're not going to hurt you and the mats really hold up well. So what I recommend. Oh, it sounds great. Yeah. Is getting a bulky or super bulky yarn. Um, for example, Lion Brand Woolies or Bernat Baby Blanket. And then instead of using great big needles, use size seven or eight needles because you want the stitches to be close together. A, so they'll enjoy it and B, so the stitches won't get to your skin and knit it to fit a little bigger than your lap and then bind it off and lay it in your lap. And every time Kitty gets up there, he or she can wiggle around and need your, you know, need the mat and not hurt you and, and eventually get all comfy and then just lay down and go to sleep. That's what mine do. So catnap lap mat. Oh, sounds great. I will. I will and, do that. You know, if you want to do part of it, like if you want to alternate knitting and purling or, you know, whatever stitches you want to do, but just be sure to use smaller needles than the yarn recommends so that it'll be a tighter weave. Okay. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, because I was going to mention this earlier, um, someone was saying something about not knowing 
which needles and which yarn to get. Whenever you buy yarn, if you can have someone who can see the label or maybe use Be My Eyes or Ira, on the label it will generally say what size needles they recommend for that particular yarn and it will give you a gauge like it might say um, 10 stitches and 12 rows equals four inches. So then if you can do math, you know, you can figure, well, let's see, if 10 stitches equals four inches, and I want mine to be um, 40 inches, you know, then I have to go 10, well, don't make, okay, I'm not going to do math out loud because I'll mess up. But anyway, you can do the math and, and figure out how many stitches you need to make your um, cat mat 30 inches, for example. So, um, and how many rows you'll need. But also, if you're doing something that's freestyle, like a catnap lap mat, you know, we all have different size mats, and some of us, I'm sad to say, have bigger tunnies than others of us. So we might have less <laughs> lap, where somebody else would have more lap. But, you know, you can customize some of these things. You, um, But then if you want to make something where you get the exact... Um, number of stitches and number of rows and type of yarn and needles you can do that too. Uh, so when you knit there are lots of ways that you can go you can either customize or you know just like when we cook and i'm guessing that most of us cook i'm sure most of us eat you know at first we might follow a recipe but then we kind of do our own thing to make it better or more to our liking but then there are other things if we're making it we might follow the recipe to a t and it's the same way with knitting patterns and making things with your fiber you you can venture out a little on your own or you can do it according to an exact pattern so don't think that anything is absolute because right. it doesn't have to be and if you make a mistake on one row, or like near the beginning, do the same thing again at the end, and it's part of the pattern. Yep. So knitting can be very forgiving sometimes. Yes. So. Okay. Hello. Uh, Hi. May I speak? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, my name's Juanita. I'm from Oregon. Uh, I just wanted to say you were talking about getting a little zipper case and I have a knitting bag that holds my yarn and everything and on the handle of it there is clipped a little case that I can put my little stitch oh, marks right. in mm -hmm. and I got that from Joann's online. Okay. Nice. Yeah. You know, there are all kinds of neat little um, things like that. Um, I have a, a little thing that I got from Amazon that I keep all my things in. It has two zipper, big zipper compartments, and within those it has smaller compartments, and I keep my <coughs> stitch holders and stitch markers, and uh, eventually, for those of you who are new knitters, eventually you may want to try to do some cable knitting, which isn't as hard as it initially sounds, um, but cable holders and, you know, your point protectors, all the, and a crochet hook, um, all those different things, and all that fits in my little uh, zipper thing. I should look up the link for that and send it because it's 
it's really pretty handy. It's a little square mm -hmm. flat thing with two zippers. And also, um, I'm, I, I used to have just all size seven and size 10 needles, but then a friend gave me, or I bought all sorts of needles of different mm -hmm. sizes and different lengths and everything. So I have these pencil pouches. Um, they're zippered canvas pouches and each one has like three holes inside so you can put them in a notebook. Um, and I've taped a, an index card on the front of each one and with all the information I have about what's inside, like it's a, a 14 inch size 10 straight needles um, or a uh, oddy circular um, size seven needle, you know. And, and I fastened all of those different pencil pouches together with binder rings. So I have two of them actually, mm. it's too much um, to put all in one. But, but these pencil pouches, um, the problem is some of the really long needles, um, like 14 inch ones or whatever, they stick out the side a little bit. But, but most, for the most part, especially the circular ones, fit in there really nice. And you can keep your needle straight. Okay, we have two raised hands. Deanna first and then Berlin. Deanna? Deanna? Deanna, you can unmute. Uh, there, sorry. There, there you go. are. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. There's a project that I've made with, with fleece and um, for Christmas presents one year, but it could be knitted. Um, what I did was I, you know, had the, the, the fabric, because um, fleece doesn't ravel, you know. Um, so anyway, I've made it long, um, long enough at one end that it could be folded over and the other end could be slipped through it. So it was like twice the width. That part is, is what you stitch down. And then as you go down the scarf, you, you, um, you get to where you um, decrease on each side. So it comes to a point at the end. And um, then you slip that pointed end through the part that you've sewn down to make a, like a little, um, Oh, like a curtain rod hem kind of thing where you've left oh. it open on the sides and you mm -hmm. just slip yeah. the end of the scarf through that, that um, stitched down part. And, um, you know, it, it like ties the scarf for kids and stuff that <laughs> get all tangled up. Um, and they're pretty fast to make. And I think to develop a pattern for it would be pretty easy. And you could do any stitch you wanted, just straight knit or knit, knit pearl, knit pearl to make seed pearl, or, um, you know, you could make it a, oh, what's that ribbed looking one? <laughs> Rib stitch. Yeah. Ribbing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could do, yep. you could do that way too, you know, just to make them different, but that would be fairly easy because it's, it's a flat piece of work, but decreasing on one end and making it whatever length you want it and make sure you've got enough to double over to make this, the slide section, if that makes sense. <laughs> I'm not good at describing things. 
Yeah. Cool. I've actually seen, uh, actually, I think I did a scarf like that, except to do the part that you sewed down, um, I, my pattern actually had you pick up stitches along one of the edges um, in order to knit that part, you know, that you sewed down after the scarf was already mm -hmm. done. You see uh, what I mean? Uh -huh. Yeah. So, but you could figure out another way to do that if you didn't want to um, pick up those stitches. I don't know. Yeah. Mine was just folding it over and mm -hmm. leaving it big enough of a, of a loop there to slide the scarf through. Yeah. And I haven't made one myself, but there are also some um, that are similar to that, except through um, binding off and casting on and all that, you actually make the hole that the other end is going to go through. So, mm -hmm. but that's, that's okay, a little Berlin? beyond what all beginners would want to do. Yeah. Yeah, one of my questions was how to organize your needles so you knew what size they were. Yeah, I put them in order from the, you know, size one to size 19 or whatever, so that if I want a size seven, I know where to, I have one bundle goes from one to nine, and then 10 through 19 or whatever are in the other book. And so it's easy to, to find, you know, what size I want for a project. The problem is most of them are in projects, and then I have yeah. to remember what they are to put them back in the right <laughs> pouch. So that's a problem. So yeah, and, and you also can do the same thing to sort your yarn too. Um, I put my yarn in Ziploc bags, and I get someone to read me the ball band, which is the label that's around the ball of yarn. Mm -hmm. All the information that you need you know, what kind it is and what color it is and whether it's washable, what size needle you use and what's your gauge and, and all that stuff. And I write it on an index card and I stick it in the Ziploc bag with the yarn. And then I have different drawers and one drawer is for bulky weight yarn and one drawer is for worsted weight, you know, and I try to sort them that way. So... And I realize we might have some people on here who A, don't really know or use Braille very much and B, can no longer use print. And in that case, if you can get like um, the pen friend and pen friend labels or I forget what they call those labels that you can use with some of the cell phones. And way, way around. around. Way, way around. around. Okay, and record those, the yeah. information on those you know, then you would still have a way to know what's what. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My other question was, I thought I had heard in the group that um, the cotton yarn for dish cause was not a good beginner's cotton because it doesn't have any give in it. Um, it doesn't. That's, well, it's true. It doesn't have any stretch in it. But uh, if you've be, been knitting for a few weeks now, you're you're beginning to move beyond beginner. So how how are our beginners doing? And maybe you can tell us how far you've gotten and what your fabric looks like. And how long is it? You know, are you still working on the first piece? You know, how far have you gotten? Are any beginners willing to to share that? <laughs> I made something you know. that was about the size of a placemat. Okay, I I shared in another class that I really had a hard time with the binding off. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we discussed that. 
And now mm -hmm. I'm just trying to find the time to work on a second project. My, you know, that's my problem is finding time to do it. I'm not one of those people that like to relax. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe that's why my stitches are so tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's so anyway. mine okay. too. Yeah. Just breathe a little bit before you start. Just sit for a minute or so and calm yourself. You know. You want okay. knitting to be enjoyable. Yeah. Miss Donna. Miss Donna Browning. Hey, Donna. <clears throat> Hi. Um, I'm one of your beginners, and I'm still working on my scarf. I for, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm because I'm not used to having the knitting around, you know, because I've just started with it. Uh, I, I'm, I forget sometimes that I have it to do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and because um, I like to do it when I'm watching TV or uh -huh. listening to a book or something. And I do take it with me um, to work when I have to do a whole, whole day. But that's mm -hmm. not often these mm -hmm. days, but the, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on it, but I'm scared to do the bind off from what I've heard of it so far, you know, the directions I heard, the bind off scares me. So well, if, I, if you I'm scared to do it. I'm scared to my project up. <laughs> but I have a suggestion since binding off seems to be an issue for people. Why don't we do bind off in two weeks? Go ahead and knit on your thing if you still can knit on it. And then in two weeks, we'll actually, while we're on here, walk people through the bind off stitch by stitch. I think that might be good. Do y'all mm -hmm. feel okay about that? Yes. <laughs> okay. Because it okay. really isn't very difficult, and I, I think maybe if Jane and I are, and other people are walking you through it, that might really help. Mm -hmm. We'll have our own little do-as-I-do little session. Yeah, we'll have a bind-off party. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So everybody, yeah. your goal for the next, you know, when we have about ten, nine minutes left on this hour, but... For in the next two weeks, try to get to a point with whatever you're doing where on Thursday, two weeks from now, you'll be ready to bind it off and we'll all bind off together. How about that? And Jane, that's one this of the is... things that, that Jane and I both do the same, I think. Oh my God, we do it the same? <laughs> I know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think there's only one, I I think only know one way to bind off. So oh, no, I know, I know. There are other ways. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, ladies. Good. I got to get yeah. going working on this. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. It'll be done okay. in two weeks. Yeah. Now okay. Berlin is wow. motivated. Right. <laughs> I have a question. Uh-huh. Carrie. Um, I'd like to make a baby blanket for a friend that's having a baby in at the end of October. Uh-huh. Um, do you, what do you um, suggest for yarn, for yarn for a baby's blanket and needles? Where does the baby live or where's the baby going to live? Um, off, uh, in Seattle. Okay. So it doesn't get too cold there in the wintertime, right? Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of, you know, raw. Um, rains a I lot. I nearly froze to death in Seattle on April. Oh, really? So okay. Yeah. <laughs> I nearly died. I have made baby blankets, and, and this would work fine um, for just knitting. I have made baby blankets out of um, the brand name is Bella. It's Bella Chenille. And Ooh, you can get soft. it on Amazon, and I would use like probably size 
10 or 10 and a half or 11 needles, depending on um, how close you want the weave. But I usually use size 10 needles in the Bella chenille. And I'd say you'd probably want three skeins of it. Go ahead and get it and start knitting, girl. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just make a big square. <laughs> a, a big square or, tri or a rectangle, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's called Bella Chenille. Mm -hmm. Bella Chenille, and you can get it on Amazon. Uh huh. How okay, many, great. How many would you put on for a baby blanket? Um, well, again, it depends on how wide you want it, um, but you can also look at the label and see what it says. I would do um, anywhere between sixty and eighty, depending on how big you want the blanket to be. And right. for those of you who may not know, like if you need help ordering things from Amazon um, and like picking a color and that type of thing, mm -hmm. uh, that they actually have a number for people with disabilities. And if you're not aware of that, I'll be glad to give you that number if anyone wants that number. It's Jean, if you could post that to the list. That okay. would be great. And also, you know, well, I can post it to Facebook for you. Well, I do Facebook. I can do okay. Facebook, but I, I have trouble with the Google stuff. So okay. anyway. all right. Well, I'll capture it on Facebook and then I'll post it to the list for you. Okay. And, and um, but I'll go ahead. Thank and give you. It. Shall I give it mm -hmm. to everyone now in case you can. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not hard. It's 888-283-183. 1678 and it is specifically for people with disabilities they will help you i've had really nice people help me in trying to pick colors and you know because you you may know whether the baby is a boy or a girl but maybe mm -hmm. the mother doesn't want the typical blue or the typical pink you know and so if if you know what kind of colors the mom wants then They'll be able to help you with that. But the Bella Chenille is available on Amazon. And I think it's about $8 a skein. And three skeins would be plenty for a nice baby blanket. Is that washable? Yeah. Or not? Yes, it is washable. Mm -hmm. It is washable. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. Thank you. This is Courtney. Um, I posted to the list and also to Facebook uh, three listings for point protectors um, oh, okay. of course you can do your own search for those you know, who want those um, that's just the first two I found and also I posted about the yarn cutter and oh. I have a complaint oh. all of y'all are a bunch of enablers because I bought me one while I was um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. You get go, one. Courtney. You Gosh, go. I wouldn't know anything about doing that. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna um, love it. Trust me. It's yeah. I've heard good things about them, and they're not expensive. the The most expensive one was the antique silver, and it was like less than eight dollars. And the gold was less than six dollars. So, if you want the antique silver, you better get over there because they had less than twenty left. Oh boy! So. <laughs> We're all gonna go and buy them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that was just the one that I looked at. I didn't. I just posted one, you know, one link. But the other things, I posted three different links. She's a multitasker. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a great multitasker in my old age. I'll just admit it. I'm getting worse. I tell you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I used to be really good at it, but. <laughs>
coordinator, you're going to put that on the list for those of us who don't do Facebook well. Yes. Yeah, I, please. I, say, I said I had posted it to the list and Facebook. Oh, I missed. Oh, there. good. Okay. That's yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to get more. They are the best. You know, if I say Facebook, I'm going to post it to the list as well. Or if I say the list, I'll post, you know, I'll cross post. Okay. That's, That's good. good. So we have about five minutes left for the beginners, and then you'll be able to finish knitting in the next two weeks. But right. are there any questions from the beginner knitters um, in terms of what you'll be doing or anything like that? Donna? So this is going to sound strange, but um, because I am, I only know one stitch right now. Right. Um, would it look funny to do a blanket and that stitch no it will mm -hmm. not no that's just garter stitch. i know a lot of people that do it yeah okay because i think mm -hmm. it's pretty i mean it's pretty it, it, it it's it's not like it's flat or anything it's got texture to it it's you know it's pretty and yeah. mm -hmm. i just and wanted to make sure people love homemade things they're gonna yeah. mama mm -hmm. is gonna love it and as baby grows baby may love it too so no. Yeah, I plan on making a baby blanket for all the women who have babies in my ward at church. Cool. Oh, wow. And a lot of times, if you buy a really cool yarn, it doesn't matter what pattern you use. Yeah. You know? And if, and if you yeah. want something to do, uh, places like Warm Up America, uh, they have specifications, but you can make squares and send them to them. Um, they oh. sew them together and do... I don't know what they do with them, but, but you can, you can make squares for warm up America and stuff with places like that. Just look them up on Google. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Also for anyone who's interested, and I've mentioned this before, if you're on Facebook, um, I am one of the moderator, the moderators for a group <laughs> called blind knitting and crocheting. And, um, Someone, it was funny because the other day I was just looking through some old posts, but uh, someone had posted about being a premature baby. And evidently there's some sort of program where some hospitals will take a five inch square that you've made and, and you, they, they give you two of them and the mother keeps one and the other one is left with the baby. And then whenever the mother goes to visit, they switch out the squares so the baby has something close to it that has the smell oh. of leather. And I oh. thought that was a really cool oh. um, idea. Oh, wow. so, That's anyway. cool. Yeah, I thought it was. That's awesome. And that wouldn't take long to make. Not at all. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Oh. And I will, I'll try to go back and I remember who posted that and I'll try to go back and find it and post it to the list. Okay. Okay. Was so it on? Everybody, okay. Maybe it wasn't on the blind knitting and crocheting. Maybe it was. Well, it may have been. I I saw it in several different places. Okay. Cool. So. Yeah. It was neat, though. It was a neat story. All right. Well, I hope. Okay, Jamie. Have, have fun. Yes. Jamie has her hand raised. Oh, hey. Jamie. Yeah. Hey, Jamie. Um, I'm the one. Of, hey, how's everybody doing today? I came hey, in. I was late. thinking you oh. were. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I just wanted to say that I'm, I can't say I'm the only one, but I was one of the ones that posted about that I was premature and that touched me when I found out about the five by five square. Yeah. And I made one five by five square um, this past Friday and I'm, you know, working on some other things, but, uh, but yeah, um, I just thought that was a wonderful, worthy mm -hmm. thing to do to 
let the uh, mama and baby swap squares, you know, and let them learn. Because mother told me this past Thursday, a week ago today, she couldn't hold me much for about three months. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that is very important. Yeah, I think it was your post mm -hmm. that I saw, Jamie. Mm -hmm. so, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, Kathy. Hello, can you hear me? Hello, yes, ma'am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hi. Um, Warm Up America is an organization that makes blankets for uh, children who are in shelters and need, you know, needs, you know, like a security blanket kind of thing. Right. And they put them together and, and donate them to shelters. So that's what that's okay. for. Great. Oh, good. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. There's also Project Linus um, where you can make blankets for a charity. So just, you know, just do a Google search for Project Linus as well if you're wanting to do charity knitting. Okay. 